It's the Wax Midwest Farm Report podcast with Joe Welke, Kristen Smith, and me, Bob Bosold. Good morning. Chore time here at the Shank of the Day. Bob and Jill with you as we look at uh, reports from yesterday. The USDA's uh, February World Agriculture Supply and Demand Estimates come out. And expectations for farm income this year, food prices, and a whole lot more. And uh, Jill has the basketball update. How did we do last night? Badgers and Blue Golds were both playing. Well, the Badgers won 79-74 to in overtime. And the Blue Golds also brought home a win, 87-84 to over UW-Platteville. That was also overtime, wasn't it? That was an overtime also. Ah, extra basketball for your money. Good deal. So I don't know if the Badgers are going to make the uh, NCAA tournament. 79 points. Holy man, that's uh, that's got to be almost a season high for the Badgers. They don't usually score that much. They they shoot about as well as... Uh, as you and I do, I think. <laughs> but uh, they got to win, and that's a good thing. Lots of meetings coming up as we get into February. We're packing our bags, uh, getting our underwear clean, and putting it in the suitcases. We take our farm tour tomorrow. Our farm tour leaves for California. We'll be uh, leaving tomorrow morning, so uh, we'll be out there for uh, oh, about 10 days or so. Should be fun looking at a whole lot of things. The Tulare Farm Show is one place we will end up. Dairy, olive orchards, uh, well, we'll see the, the redwoods. We'll go out to wine country, see all the grapes growing. And uh, also we'll be in San Francisco looking at the Golden Gate Bridge, Alcatraz, and other places that you might want to take a vacation. So lots of things going on as we move forward. So we'll talk about all that, get the calendar in here for some of those things going on, not just meetings, but fishing contests and meals and all kinds of things going on around the area. So a uh, busy morning here on a Thursday at Wax. And weather, well, it's going to be pretty darn nice. I think yesterday, Jill, I heard Mike Dandria say it's the warmest February 8th since 1957 or something like that. I'm good with that. Yeah. Like, I washed my pickup. It looks all shiny instead of all full of salt, so... Yeah, well, I'll give it about 20 minutes down the road, and it'll be salt again. Oh, let me just bask <laughs> in it being the right color for a little bit. Oh, there you go. But, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's awfully nice to be able to do things without your, your shoulders hunched and a heavy pair of gloves on. We'll tell you more of that coming our way. For those who work in acres... Not an hour. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And a quick check of our weather this morning brought to you by Chilson Automotive Group. They've got over 70 Jeeps available now. Also, over 70 new Ram pickups available as well. So you're looking for something to check out? The vehicles at Chilson's Automotive Group. 36 today and cloudy. Now, it'll cool off tomorrow. It'll be uh, 24 but it will be sunny. And then starting over the weekend, it'll be nice, but uh, southern breeze moving in to warm things up. 38 on Saturday and Sunday, about 39 on Monday, 44 on Tuesday. And just a word of caution, if you're driving south this morning, when uh, you get a little way south, I don't know, around Toma, maybe a little farther north than that, I'm not sure, there is some uh, precipitation. And the farther south you go, the better chance you will get to run into snow until you get to around uh the Madison area, it looks like, and then it'll be kind of mixed precipitation. So if you're heading that way down the interstate or down 39, whatever the case may be, 
Yeah, the further south you go, the more chance you're going to get some uh, some precipitation to deal with this morning. 25 degrees right now in the Chippewa Valley. Hey, it's a minute after 5. Right now, this is 104.5 FM, WAXX Eau Claire News Time. NBC News Radio, I'm Trey Thomas. President Biden is skeptical of Republicans insisting they don't want to cut Social Security and Medicare. A lot of Republicans, their dream is to cut Social Security and Medicare. Well, let me just say this. It's your dream, but I'm going to my veto pen make it a nightmare. While speaking in Wisconsin, Biden claimed some Republicans want to sunset entitlements. Republican leaders have dismissed accusations by Democrats. They want to gut the programs as part of debt ceiling negotiations. The death toll from the earthquake in Turkey and Syria now stands at more than 15,000. Matt Bradley reports from a town near the epicenter where survivors continue to be pulled from the rubble. It's unimaginable to, to think that you'd be able to survive without food or water in these dipping temperatures that go at night well below zero this whole town is littered with corpses many of them wrapped in blankets thousands more are injured in both nations the texas man suspected of murdering 23 people at an el paso walmart is pleading guilty to hate crimes brian shuck reports Patrick Crucius faces life in prison for the 2019 rampage. The death penalty is still possible at the state level. Crucius allegedly drove in from the Dallas area armed with an assault rifle on a mission to murder Hispanics. He posted a racist manifesto referring to an invasion at the border. Researchers at Cleveland Clinic have announced they have moved to the next step in their process of creating a breast cancer vaccine. This new phase will enroll people who are cancer-free but at a higher risk for developing breast cancer. The clinic says the goal is to create a vaccine to prevent breast cancer. You're listening to NBC News Radio. The crack of dawn never sounded so good. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Once again, a quick check of our weather brought to you by Chilson Automotive. And they got vehicles on the lot right now. Over 70 new Jeeps, over 70 new Ram pickups available at Chilson's. Go to Chilson.com and take a look. Good weather for getting out in a new vehicle. 36 and cloudy today. It'll get cool tonight, down to 10. And then Friday, the coolest day of the period, 24, be sunny tomorrow. And then on Saturday, sunny again, but it'll be breezy, 38, as the winds are going to be kind of out of the south, blowing in some warmer weather. 38 also on Sunday, 39 on Monday, Tuesday, 44. 16 right now in Rice Lake, 20 in Medford, 25 in Wausau, Marshfield, 29, Lacrosse, 31, Green Bay also 31, Madison area, 34, it's 38 in rain, and, and there's precipitation down that way, down Madison and Milwaukee. So again, as we said, if you're driving that way this morning, expect some precipitation, uh, snow, and the further south you get rain, sleet, that sort of stuff. It's one of those messy days when you get uh, south of, uh, looks like Toma, Sparta, that area. So uh, again, be prepared for that. 25 degrees right now in the Eau Claire Chippewa Falls area. Again, heading up to about 36. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Let's take a look at the numbers this morning for Rural Mutual Insurance. And Jill, where are we at as far as the cash livestock? Choice fed beef steers are 147 and 157 with mixed at 
130 to 145. Choice fed beef heifers are 147 to 161 with mixed at 91 to 145. Choice fed Holstein steers are 133 to 143 with select and silage fed steers 103 to 132. Cows are 67 to 110 with bulls at 70 to 107. Butcher hogs are 53 to 69 with sows at 52 to 62. Boars are 25 to 28. There's no quote on the shorn market lambs. On shorn market lambs are 125 to 142 with a top of 148. Feeder lambs are 150 to 310. Ewes are 55 to 90. Small goats are 210 and down. Medium goats are 190 and down. Large goats are 135 to 330. And nanny goats are 55 to 290. At the Mercantile Exchange, livestock futures, uh, well, they were mixed. Uh, live cattle up and down. February 160.80 on the live cattle at the close up 22. April 163.70 up a dime. June live cattle 159.77 down two. And August down 20 at 158.85. Feeder cattle were lower across the board. March down 75, 186.45. April feeder cattle, 190.72, down 62. May down 37 at 194.42. August down 55 at 207.57. And September down 52 at 210.45. Lean hog carcass contracts, February up 55 at 75.92. April up 80 at 84.07. May up $1.17 at 93.82. And June hogs up a dollar thirty-five at one oh two even. Board of Trade a little higher yesterday with that report that came out from the USDA. And uh, March corn down one to two overnight though at six seventy-six. The oats down three to four at three eighty-two. March wheat up one at seven sixty-six. Beans up six to seven cents fifteen twenty-six. And meal up three ninety a ton four hundred eighty-five dollars and eighty cents. Barrel cheese down a cent and a half at a dollar fifty-seven a pound. The blocks up three and three quarters at one eighty seven and a quarter, and butter was unchanged two thirty nine and a half. Class three a little higher yesterday. February up four at seventeen eighty one. March up twenty one at seventeen sixty two. April up eighteen at eighteen oh one. May up sixteen at eighteen forty five, and June up eighteen at eighteen eighty eight. Prices were higher through next January. Cattlemen are getting together. We'll hear about that coming up. Around Wisconsin, they got their annual meeting. Feeding information to the folks who feed you. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Yes, the Wisconsin Cattlemen's Winter Conference is back after a two-year hiatus, but it's going to look a little different than it did in 2020. I'm Stephanie Hoff from the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. For starters, the association is getting together for one day this Saturday, and the event will be in DeForest. Despite a different time and place, you can still look forward to hearing from industry experts and networking with each other. President-elect Tressa Lacey starts her term in 2024. She tells me that they decided to go with this new format because it asks for less of producers' time and money. We didn't do it in 2021 um, because people were still not really gathering in large groups. And we had seen some other success with people doing a remote, but we thought that that was going to hinder our camaraderie, which is... A large part of why we have Winter Conference in the first place is to bring our members together. So we opted to just focus on our summer tour. So we used to historically just have Winter Conference, and that was a one-time-per-year event that Cattlemen's would have. But we had added summer tour, and so we thought that that could go in place of, and then having in the summer, we could be gathering outside. And that's always the third week in June. 
Uh, so we did that for 2021, and then we also did that for 2022. But after having summer tour in 2022, we honestly just felt like we were still missing out on having that interaction, and we thought it would be good to bring both events back and to offer both a February and a June event versus just having one. So, folks, we'll be able to get together again February 11th at the DeForest Comfort Inn and Suites. Is that where it's been in the past? No, that's actually a new location for us. Usually it's um, at Chula Vista there in Wisconsin Dells. Um, But just due to wanting to try something a little bit different, um, typically it would be a two-day event. People would be encouraged to get um, a room there. Um, But we always thought that it could be kind of challenging to ask producers to spend that much time away. And so moving to the DeForest location, um, we're looking at just having a Saturday day event. I'm not asking anyone to have an overnight commitment. Anything else that's changed? I, I mean, I imagine the format must have changed a little bit since it's condensed down to just one day. Yes, it did. So previously we would have some breakout sessions um, so people could choose to attend two or three um, of the breakouts that we had. So we don't have any breakouts um, for this year's winter conference. So it's all just going to be group assembly, um, having the same uh, presenters for everyone. And again, that's the uh, Winter Conference. And Jill, again, remind us uh, when and where that's uh, going on this weekend, huh? Yep, it's on Saturday, and it's down in the DeForest Comfort Inn on Saturday. And it starts, registration's at 9, and it starts at 10. And the biggest difference is they're not having breakout centers. They're going to do whole group meeting. Okay, so no individual meetings in the three or four of those. So back to live action. That's a good thing for the cattlemen in DeForest this weekend. Uh, I don't know. I think the snow should probably melt by the time they get down there, so do that. Hey, coming up, we'll take a look at some of our farm news this morning. And the folks at Northside Elevator are with us as we take a look at uh, reports. A lot of them coming out right about now. Farm News on Wax. Keeping it rural. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And uh, again, Northside Elevator. They're in Loyal. They're in Arcadia. Facility going up in Stanley. They are expanding. They are growing at Northside Elevator. All right, Jill, let's take a look at uh, some of the news. That big report yesterday. Give us some of the highlights. Well, the USDA released its February World Agricultural Supply and Demand Estimates yesterday with a few surprises to grain traders. In a summary report from DTN News, it showed that in spite of slow demand, the report didn't reduce expectations for U.S. corn exports in spite of the fact that sales are down 43% so far this fiscal year. But the economists did lower the amount of corn going for ethanol by 25 million bushels, leaving our ending stocks at 1.267 billion bushels. Of the big changes in yesterday's report was how much they lowered the expected corn yields in Argentina because of the ongoing drought in South America. Economists reduced the crop size there by 43 million bushels, down to 1.85 billion. For soybeans, the report lowered our domestic crush by 15 million bushels, increasing ending soybean stocks to 225 million. Those numbers leave the expected corn price for the year unchanged at $6.70 a bushel, while soybean prices are expected to be down a di- to be up a dime 
to $14.30 a bushel. And uh, speaking of crops, uh, we're going to talk to Joe Lauer, our corn specialist here in uh, just a little bit, as far as the 2022 crop and what he's looking at for 2023 and uh, and some numbers as far as pushing the pencil to, to make some money growing corn. So we'll do that in a little while. But, uh, Joe, lots of numbers this morning. Yeah, the new U.S. Today numbers show cash receipts and net farm income are going to be down this year compared to 2022. Net cash cro- net cash income is projected at just over $150 billion. That's down 21% from last year, with cash receipts down 4% this year. Crop receipts are expected to, be, to fall by 9 billion dollars with soybean income down almost 11 percent and corn down about seven percent in 2023 economists expect wheat to be one of the few crops with increased cash receipts that will probably be less than one percent on the other side of the ledger production expenses are going to be up about four percent this year led by interest rates that are up 22 percent Last year, farm production expenses increased by 11% over 2021. All right, so uh, lots of numbers coming out from uh, the USDA. Some of them we like, some of them, some of them we don't. But we have to deal with it. 17 and a half minutes after 5 o'clock. Once again, if you're traveling south this morning and you get down past the joining of 90 and 94 down there towards Toma, Sparta, Warrens, precipitation and uh, then you're going to run into a snow belt and then you get further south down around madison probably sleet snow who knows what you're getting it's raining in milwaukee right now in madison down there the same thing so be prepared if you're heading in that direction coming up we're going to hear about the corn crop in wisconsin joe lower our state corn specialist will join us for that wax 104.5 and the midwest farm report 2022 a growing season that was uh, better in some places than others in the Midwest. Some dry spots in the West, some real dry spots here in Wisconsin. For the most part, pretty good, I think. We're going to find out. Joe Lauer is with us, our University of Wisconsin corn specialist. And uh, Joe, evaluate the 2022 corn crop across Wisconsin because it wasn't the same all over. No, it was quite variable. And and, uh, and if you look at we do work at 14 locations. and. And one of the unique things about last year is usually every year we'll set a record somewhere for yield or just a high-performing uh, hybrid or something. But last year we set only one record. And again, usually we'll have anywhere from 8 to 10. It was kind of an average year with average weather, except in the north. It was a little cooler and, and wetter up, up, up in the north, northern half of the state, with a lot wetter corn at harvest. And that brought up our drying costs a little bit. Things were a little bit delayed at planting, and that was delayed further than at, at harvest. And I know there's still some corn out, but in the northern part of the state especially. But, again, it was just kind of one of those average years. I think we had a fairly good statewide yield. What was the biggest yield you did see? We saw on a zone basis 274 bushels with one hybrid, and it was in the uh, south-central zone. Is that what you expected as you watch the weather throughout the course of the growing season? Well, we saw average, and usually when you're average in terms of weather, there's no extremes that go on. I expect 
things to be actually a little better than normal because that's what we saw in 2021. What about the challenges with the insects and diseases? Uh, how much of a part did the, those sorts of things play in it? We had some tar spot in the southern part of the state, and there were various streaks, if you will, about 50-mile-long streaks that we saw with, with uh, tar spot. In terms of insects and, and a lot of other, I mean, you always have some endemic uh, northern corn leaf blight and uh, various diseases that are kind of around, but no real outbreak. A lot of that I attribute to just the good genetics we got within a lot of the corn hybrids. Tar spot, though, is still one that we're trying to get a handle on. And Damon Smith at, at the University of Wisconsin is doing a lot of work trying to uh, identify some of the characteristics of how to manage that. How did we get to in this situation with tar spot? Because, again, it's, it's something that's kind of caught us by surprise. And you said we still don't have the handle on it that we want. Yeah, I think some of it's due to environment and I think possibly as well there's um, kind of a shift in genetics oftentimes of not only the tar spot organism but also to some extent the the corn hybrids themselves and that breeders will oftentimes select for various disease resistances and that one has not really been on the radar very much so it's a little bit susceptible maybe to uh, to the disease and and again you get kind of this change going on in the genetics as well as of the, of the organism as well as the host the corn and then the environment too um, to some extent can can influence that and we've had some years where we've had a big outbreak of tar spot and other years where, where we haven't so we're still again getting the handle on it a little bit we've got a number of predictors if you will available to growers to use and we just will have to continue to fine-tune our management joe lower with us our university of wisconsin corn specialist and uh joe as we look at the things we talked about, we need to do research because we need to, to know how to handle tar spot, where it comes from, how, what do we do with it, how bad can it get. What's the status of, of research dollars, support from the university for folks like you and Sean Connolly and soybeans and, and others as far, I know it's changed because we don't see you out in the state as much. One of, one of the things that uh, about agriculture is that it's never a finished product. There's always changes that happen. Uh, biotically, abiotically, not only with the corn hybrids, but the disease organisms themselves, the way we manage environmental issues that are going on with nitrogen and a lot of those different things. There's a lot of production issues that go on. And in general, I think um, industry has been very supportive of our program as well as others. There is a shift, I think, towards more higher levels of funding, if you will. Now, what do you mean by higher levels well, of funding? At your level or at the university business level what are you talking about <laughs> a lot of the larger grants that have come through like the uh, with the covid bills that have come through usually through nsf national science foundation or afri afri type grants that are available we've enjoyed on our program quite a bit of support from industry and that's how we're able to continue to work at 14 different locations but like the biology of corn production the the funding level of, of um, production agriculture has been changing uh, through the years as well too and there's always a push and tug right now we've enjoyed great support from the legislature and that will hopefully continue for a while but there's always this shift that goes on and and um, resources get changed and and moved around and i hope that production agriculture can still defend and and get their share 
And uh, speaking of getting their share, I mean, you're a University of Wisconsin corn specialist. You're doing research, sharing information that you're finding with the farmers. But uh, you got to wear about two or three hats. you got to be a fundraiser. I mean, as far as the equipment that you use, the uh, university trucks that you get out, you're responsible for that funding. I mean, you're not given money by the College of Agriculture or Extension to do that. You've got to find that yourself. We have a license to hunt, <laughs> and we have to get that funding from whatever source we can. So, yes, we... We actually have built our own buildings. We buy our tractors. We, we buy the trucks and the trailers and combines and everything else that we, and fund the people. So on my particular program, um, all of that funding has to be gotten somewhere to be able to just to run the program. The only, the only salary that isn't uh, is, is my salary. And, and, uh, but all, we, I have two technicians and students and, you know, all the equipment and things that need to go into, into running the project. That has to come from somewhere. Through the years, we've been able to maintain that and and uh, actually grow it a little bit. And again, a lot of it, it comes from the egg industry itself, as well as the Corn Growers Association and uh, various other places that um, that we're able to uh, get that funding from. I think a lot of people don't realize that, that again, the industry is paying for itself is what it amounts to. It's not coming out of the government. Tell me what your thoughts are for 2023 as far as uh, planted acres in Wisconsin, new genetics and new technology that you're recommending? I think one of the things this time of year that I always worry about is that people hear the prognostications of a lot of different speakers at educational meetings. And one of the things that I always encourage growers to do is manage for the average. Uh, we do not, last year, for example, we heard a lot of talk about drought conditions and people sometimes will change their management to, to adjust that. We didn't have a drought last year in a lot of the state. And again, if you would change your management to, if I knew there was a drought, I, I know how I'd change my management. But again, if you manage for the average, typically those recommendations that we make are going to cover a lot of different production situations. And so that's what I would encourage people to do first off. There's a lot of new technologies coming, especially in the area of hybrids. Uh, there's, uh, I'm just amazed at what are called cisgenic hybrids now, where they're basically tweaking the genes of the corn plant to increase nitrogen uptake, increase photosynthesis, those kinds of things that are coming along that will be uh, available to growers in the near future. I mean, we've gone through uh, you know, 26-year seasons now of transgenic corn, but now we're starting to see some of this uh, cisgenic corn coming along, which is going to be really exciting. I think the biggest thing that I'm worried about going into next season is the margin between profitability and, and, and risk. My next question, you yeah. say manage for the average, but can we afford to manage for the average because fertilizer, insecticide, seed prices, fuel prices, equipment prices, that's not staying average. I mean, it's going way up. Yeah, production costs that I've seen estimates so far are at about, you know, almost $1,000 an acre. And that's that's up from about $700 an acre a few years back. So at $5 corn, that means you have to have a 200 bushel yield level to be able to just break even. So, so that's a real concern that I have going into this year is the margin calls are going to be is, the margin is going to be very tight on, on this. But again, you don't know what kind of a season you're going to have. And so, I, like I said, just manage for the average. We have recommendations for plant population, nitrogen rate, those kinds of things. And, uh, you know, follow those as best you can. Those are, those are really the averages that we've seen through a lot of on-farm and, and work across the state. Uh, and and a, lot of, a lot of time and effort goes into what those recommendations are, are best um, on average. And again, that's Joe Lower, our university corn specialist, 
some of his thoughts on uh, what goes on. I think it's important to know how these uh, researchers that ought to have test plots around the state operate. they got to find their own money. The university doesn't cut them a check for paying the graduate students, paying their techs, paying for the equipment. They've got to find money themselves besides doing all their research. So, again, and uh, again, the expenses this year and some of the other things that are going on in the corn industry caught up with Joe, of course, at the Corn Soy Expo last week down in Wisconsin Dells. 29 minutes after 5, we've got some markets to look at. Our markets, Rocky's going to join us from Premier Livestock, brought to you by Starblends. You'll need some good feed. Starblends is the place, and Starblends is one of those good folks riding along on the farm truck with us as we cover the news and agriculture. Agriculture. It's a Wisconsin way of life. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. 5.30 in the morning, 25 degrees. Rocky joins us from Premier Livestock in with the morning. Rocky, you're not heading south today, are you? I'm not. I'm not. So Good. Then you shouldn't have to worry about uh, any weather to deal with on the roads. Sounds good to me. All right. Well, we got a busy week going. It's Thursday already. What's been happening over at Premier Livestock? Uh, thanks, Bob. Uh, good morning, everyone. This uh, yesterday's dairy cattle auction shaped up. Uh, yesterday, uh, the run was pretty much organic dairy cattle yesterday. We uh, sold 235 head with three complete herd dispersals. Uh, Majority-wise were colored cows on the sale also. Uh, top cows brought 1850 to 2250. Many other cows from 13 to 18 and a quarter. Uh, good quality spring and heifers 13 to 18. Last Thursday, uh, sold a very nice uh, conventional 400 cow herd. Uh, very, very nice uh, herd of cows. Had a nice, uh, nice uh, run of buyers there for that sale. We sold cattle to six different states uh, out of that dispersal. Top cows sold from 2,000 all the way up to 3,000. Uh, many other cows from 15 to 1975 we sold top spring and heifers out of the herd up to 2350 uh, the open heifers off the herd sold from $1.40 to $1.85 per pound. So very strong market there last Thursday. Uh, next week's dairy cattle auction, uh, looking ahead next Wednesday, uh, 20 fancy registered fresh Holstein heifers, all parlor freestyle. They're coming from SoFine Bovine. Uh, 12 fresh fancy two-year-olds from Turtle Creek Dairy, and we got 10 robot fresh two- and three-year-olds coming off another dairy, plus lots more. All the details at premierlivestockandauctions.com. You can also pick up all our detailed weekly market reports there. Uh, questions, give us a call, 715-229-2500. Don't forget, large machinery auction coming up March 24th. Uh, if you have large equipment items to consign, we'll give you a discounted commission rate. If you like, give us a call, let us know where they're coming or get them to us uh, by February 20th. So keep that in mind. Don't forget, our next horse auction, Bob, is coming up uh, March 3rd. Oh, that's good to know. I suppose you'll be right there explaining all the horses to everybody. Huh? Yeah, I'll just be walking around talking <laughs> smart on that sale. Nothing wrong with that. All right. Have a good one, Rocky. We'll talk to you later. You too. Thanks. There he goes. That's Rocky Olson over there at Premier Livestock. They're in the Withy area right there along Highway 73 south of 29. And we'll look at our weather next. Brought to you by the folks at Comp here. The first voice of agriculture in Wisconsin for over 35 years. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Not the best weather for 
ski resorts and also our snowmobile trails and things like that. There's still snow out there, but Mother Nature is doing her best to get rid of it in February, which is unusual. Let's find out what Mother Nature is all about. Mike Dandry is over at Skywarn 13 this morning. Morning, Mike. Good morning, Bob. Yesterday was absolutely gorgeous for February. Oh, absolutely. It was one of those days that, uh, you know, I know I'm not the only one that does this. When you have a 40-degree day in February, you roll the windows down, you crank the music, and you you drive on 53 and just live your best life. (laughs) What did did I hear you say earlier? That was the warmest February 8th since, what, 1957 or something like that? Uh, Well, I think you got the numbers transposed a little bit, but uh, that's okay. Uh, 1975? We had a temperature of 57 oh. degrees on November 26th, so it was the warmest temperature we've had in 74 days. Oh, I see. Okay. I only hot part of that, so That's I didn't okay. know. But, uh, I forgive you. Whatever happened, it was, a, it was a nice day out there, and it's not going to change a whole lot, is it? No, not for today. Temperature-wise, it'll be pretty close to that again. We'll top out mostly into the upper 30s, but it'll be breezy, and those winds will start to pick up out of the northwest, and that'll drop our temperatures later on this evening and sets up a cooler start tomorrow morning with a lot of us into the low teens and some places into the single digits with that blustery wind through the overnight. Sets up a cooler end of the work week as well with a sunny sky, but highs only into the mid-20s. Then we start to warm it up again going into Saturday with highs back into the upper 30s and plenty of sunshine. Sunday has more sunshine as well, still into the upper 30s, pretty much a repeat offender of Saturday. But then more clouds start to roll in on Monday. Highs still into the upper 30s, and we have another good chance of hitting 40 for Valentine's Day with a mostly sunny sky. I think a lot of us would uh, love that. And then going into Wednesday, mostly cloudy, upper 30s still. So overall, not a bad week ahead, but we have had some clouds rolling in. And a temperature right now of 24 degrees in Eau Claire. Uh, so what are you, your new bride going to do for Valentine's Day? Are you going to surprise her? Uh, she already knows what's coming, but it was something that I had to plan out ahead of time logistically because I have to buy the right stuff. But <laughs> I'm uh, I'm writing her up a menu for an appetizer, a dinner, and a dessert. And she'll get to pick. I'm putting all of her favorites on there. And she picks one of each, so I cook her up a three-course meal for Valentine's Day. Well, what a nice guy you are. <laughs> I got the uh, I got the idea from one of my friends when we went to what we call daycare at Milwaukee Burger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's, uh, that's uh, what is she doing for you, or is she going to surprise you? She's surprising me. Oh, good for you. I can't wait to find out. <laughs> I will let you know. <laughs> hey, what? Uh, before we let you go, this uh, situation weather-wise, south of us down Thomas Barta down towards Madison what do you what does it look like right now right now they're getting a little bit of everything in terms of precipitation so essentially to sum it up in one word or two words I guess it's a mess oh yeah so if you're going that way be careful absolutely all right thanks Mike absolutely Bob have a good one you bet Mike Dandry over there at Skywarn 13 with our weather we'll take a look at our news we've got uh, 23 minutes before six o'clock at wax Morgan McCarthy, I was I was looking at Morgan and entranced by her beauty, and I didn't pay attention to the board here. <laughs> right, you're right. Yeah, lay it on thicker, Bob. Lay it on thicker. Is that your way of saying you forgot to pack my bags for California tomorrow, too? No, don't you have it packed? You ready to go? Uh, I'm working on it, yeah. I was going to say, you're getting yourself all dolled up and ready to go. Okay, I know what you're giving me the side eye for, and I'll out myself here. Yes, I am painting my nails in the studio this morning, but here's why. Uh, I was getting ready to go to California, and uh, if you want to come in and get yours done next, I saved you a chair. I'm not. That color doesn't look good on me. <laughs> That's exactly why I'm painting them. I'm glad you brought that up. So, like any busy parents, when you're shuffling your kids' stuff and your stuff, you know things fall through the cracks. Well. 
Uh, I will be working concessions tonight at some basketball games well, in Boyceville. Right. But I thought, okay, well, I got to do something about these reptilian hands because it's winter and I've been working. <laughs> so I got my purple nail polish for the Bulldogs, and I figured I better do it now so they have the, some time to dry and I can fix any mistakes before I start slinging popcorn tonight at the basketball game. So you got everything is going to be like organic popcorn and, or everything will be organic, right? Yes, and I'm going to mix drinks called the Bull Sold. Yeah, <laughs> that people can order those. Oh, boy, I'll have one of those. Yeah. That's probably all I can handle. What's going on? We're going to start with uh, some 715 newsroom coverage, and that begins in the courts. Good morning. Here's what we're learning today. It takes us to Rice Lake, where there's a teenager accused of killing two other teens in a wreck last October. He made a first court appearance in Barron County Court. 16-year-old Troy Hewn Jr. is accused of rolling his car after hitting a railroad crossing while going over 100 miles an hour. The two passengers in his car, a 14- and 15-year-old, both died. Hewn now free on bond, due back in court in May. In Milwaukee, there will be a vigil for the fallen Milwaukee police officer, Peter Jerving. As a group, Peace for Change Alliance hosts that vigil at a church in the area. Jerving died early Tuesday morning as police say a robbery suspect shot and killed him during a struggle. Jerving had four years experience with the Milwaukee Police Department. His funeral is set for Monday. In headlines that bring us back to our area, there's been an uptick in catalytic converter thefts. And this is Chippewa Falls, kind of the East Hill area. 715 Newsroom coverage with John DeMaster. Uh, A little bit more in some numbers here, John. Investigators are looking into 12 catalytic converter thefts so far this year. That's a huge jump. Last year, Chippewa Falls police reported just 19 stolen catalytic converters all year. Most of these thefts are happening in the East Hill area and several in the same night. Police say five catalytic converters were stolen there earlier this week. They're asking neighbors to say anything if they see or hear something. I'm John DeMaster. Well, Air Force One had wheels down in our area, and the shade was up. At a stop outside of Madison on Wednesday, President Joe Biden went after Republicans who says they want to go after a safety net, specifically a name you might recognize, Ron Johnson. Ron Johnson on Social Security and Medicare, quote, we should transfer everything. So we have to consider everything every year. Come on, man. Biden delivered those remarks mainly focused on the economy during his speech, and that was all at the Laborers International Training Center in DeForest as a follow-up from Tuesday's State of the Union address. And if you'd like to spend your lifetime on the lake, there's a Wisconsin state senator that wants to make that an option with a lifetime fishing license in the state. It's uh, Patrick Teston who has a plan that would allow you to pay a one-time fee and then never have to renew your fishing license again. You would cast out and reel in a price tag of just under $600, and then there would still be some requirements for certain fish stamps and things like that. The plan has yet to see a vote at the Capitol. But we got to get out of the boat, out of the lake, and back to the barn. Chores to do with Bob Bosel, Jill Welke, and your Midwest. Farm Show on Wax, 104.5. As weather continues, we'll be down to water pretty soon. This uh, ice fishing will end in a hurry. I know. We'll be ending up uh, back to pulling the fish fry out with uh, splashes <laughs> and not chills. That's for sure. Yeah. That's for sure. All right. Thank you, ma'am. Hey, you know what? Have a good trip. I can't wait to hear what you bring I'll back from California. I'll be here tomorrow morning. I'll be here tomorrow morning. Oh, good. I better put a second coat on my nails yes, then just to make sure. Put sparkles in there, too. <laughs> I'll save it for you. Come pick out your color next. Okay. I'll do that. Okay. Morgan McCarthy in the newsroom this morning. Wax. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. 16 minutes before 6 o'clock. Again, about 24 degrees out there. And again, if you're going south, the weather's kind of a mess down Toma, Sparta, and around that area south of there. 
We've got calendar. Lots of things are happening. We know the cattlemen are getting together in DeForest, Wisconsin cattlemen this weekend. Jill, what else is happening? So the USDA announced the deadline for the Conservation Stewardship Program. That is tomorrow. Contact your NRCS office to learn out, learn more and what you need to do. The Farm First Workshop Series, there's one tomorrow at the Holiday Inn and Hotel Convention Center in Stevens Point. And that starts oh, maybe 9 o'clock and runs till late in the afternoon. There's a spaghetti dinner on Saturday, February 11th from 4 to 8 p.m. at the Faith Lutheran Church in Durand. And that's for raising funds for the Girl Scouts International Trip to London, Paris. And the Central Wisconsin Sports Show is starting tomorrow, going from 3 to 8 on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday from 10 to 4 on Sunday, 9 to 6 on Saturday. And that's the Central Wisconsin Sports Show. That's at the Central Wisconsin Convention Expo Center in Wausau. And don't forget the Eau Claire Farm Show, 59th annual Eau Claire Farm Show, will be March 7th and 8th. That'll be out at Menard's uh, Convention Center out the west side of Eau Claire if you're on the Interstate Exit 59 and take you right there. But March 7th and 8th, 9 to 3.30, both days. It's about the only farm show we've got left in this area, and then you go over to Oshkosh later on. But that's it anymore. We don't have those farm shows anymore. So, again, We'd love to see you coming in. Lots of exhibitors will be there, and uh, good things will be happening. All kinds of health clinics and bring water in for water testing, and we'll have, uh, well, we give the Aggie Awards out uh, at the uh, at the show for folks that have been instrumental in supporting and promoting agriculture in the Chippewa Valley. So that's coming up March 7th and 8th, and we'll have a booth there, and uh, both Jill and I will be there so we'd love to talk to you so stop in and make sure you get out market march 7th and 8th and that'll be out at uh, menards convention center out uh, the west side of town we'll get to some markets and next we'll also update the weather forecast not bad around here but again going south be careful got your crop insurance march 15th an important date for those who work in acres not an hour. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. It's 13 minutes before 6 o'clock, 25 degrees out there, and it's time to hear from Brittany and Barron Equity. Verified cattle, the high-yielding Choice Holstein steers sold 141 to 147.50, Choice Holstein steers sold 129 to 140, and unfinished steers and heifers were 130 and down. For our cull cows, the top 20% sold 79 to 84.50, topping at 85.50, 60% sold from 67 to 78, and the bottom 20% sold 66 and down. As for our cold bulls, they sold from 99 to 109.50, with thin, full, and bulls over one ton discounted. As for calves, our beef calves sold 170 to 305. Quality Holstein bull calves sold 70 to 150. Quality Holstein heifer calves sold 30 to 60, and light and poor quality calves were 60 and down. Our next sheep, goat, and small animal sale is February 18th. If you have any questions or would like someone to come out to your farm and look at livestock, please contact us at 715-537-5618. This has been Brittany with your Equity Baron Market Report. Thank you and have a great day. The crack of dawn never sounded so good. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. 
And it's time to change directions. Head down to Sparta Equity and hear from Hut Eamon. Fed cattle selling steady today with the Highland Choice Beef Tears and Heifers 155 to 162, topping at 164.50. Choice and Select Beef Tears and Heifers 144 to 154. The Dairy Cross Tears 135 to 150. The Highland Choice Holstein Steers 136 to 143, topping at 145. Choice and Select Holstein Steers 125 to 135 with unfinished steers. Heifers and heavy steers, 124 and down. Cow market steady with the high yielding cow is 75 to 85, topping at 93. Cutters and utilities, 59 to 74, with a low yielding and canter cows, 58 and down. Bull market steady, most bulls bringing 85 to a dollar, with a thin, full, and bulls over a ton discounted at 84 and down. Calves sold by the pound today with a steady market with the quality holding bull calves bringing a dollar to a dollar 75. The quality holding heifer calves, 10 to 60 cents. Quality beef bulls two seventy five to four fifteen. The quality beef heifers two dollars to three twenty five. The light and poor quality calves ten to sixty cents per pound. Just a reminder: our next sale will be Monday, February thirteenth, starting at twelve thirty with hogs, followed by calves, fed cattle, bulls, and cows. This is Hot Aiming to Equity Livestock in Sparta with this marketing update, and we thank you for your business. Wax one hundred four point five and the Midwest Farm Report. And we'll be heading over to Torp. A little bit later on this morning, talk with Marika. It's a, it's a big month for Marika Gouda and her brand. Not only as you just heard of the folks going to be coming to Eau Claire with the store, but uh, other things going on in the cheese world as well. So we'll talk to Marika about some of that. But first of all, let's talk about uh, some more livestock markets. Jerry Fitzgerald with us. We're with the Equity Stratford Barn. Well, how was the weather yesterday over in Marathon County in your part of the world? Well, Bob, good morning to you, and it was very nice. Uh, it was a little breezy, but nope. Uh, I don't know. Is this going to, are the trees going to start, uh, maple syrup going to start running yet, is it? Boy, I hope not. I don't think so. It'll be a false alarm. I don't think it's going to wake them up that much, but uh, we'll see. 44 on Tuesday, you don't know. It's uh, it's very unfebruary-like, but uh, it's hard as a as a human being not to like the weather, that's for sure. Well, how's the market going so far this week over there at Stratford, Jer? Bob will tell the folks about it. And, uh, again, good morning, everyone. A summary from Wednesday, yesterday here at Equity Stratford. We'll start with the feeder cattle auction yesterday. Uh, lighter weight beef steers selling mostly from 140 to 190. Uh, middleweight beef steers, those 68 weights from 140 to 168. Heavier beef steers uh, mostly from 118 to 136. Lightweight beef heifers on yesterday's auction, uh, they were mostly from $1.35 to $1.75. Heavier beef heifers, $1.18 to $1.59. And uh, Holstein, most of the Holsteins yesterday, about all weights, sold in range from 88 to 125 on the Holstein feeders. Now we'll get into the market auction yesterday, fully steady market on the cows. Good demand continues. High-yielding, fleshy Holstein cows. Yesterday's auction, we're selling from 77 to 92. And we topped out yesterday on some very fancy beef cows up to a dollar a pound. Most of the cows this week so far, 57 to 77. Thinner, light carcass cows below 55. On the bull trade, your better quality bulls are selling mostly from 87 to 98. Lighter bulls, 84 and below. On the fed cattle trade yesterday, uh, choice grading Holstein steers uh, selling mostly from 127 to 142. High yielding choice strictly prime Holsteins, uh, 142 to 147. Select under finished cattle, 122 and below. On the calf market on yesterday's auction, good quality Holstein bull calves, 75 to 175. Heifer calves, uh, 70 and below. Beef calves, 175 to 345. 
And we are at Thursday. Our auction this morning does start at 11 o'clock. Full marketing day here today, including market cows, fed cattle, uh, bulls, of course, baby calves. We'll get to those uh, around the lunch hour. And uh, just a reminder, our next hay auction in Stratford next Tuesday, next feeder cattle sale next uh, Wednesday. And, of course, uh, uh, folks, got cattle to consign. Sure, let us know, and we'll put them on the list for you. And if you have uh, any other questions, 715-687-4101. And, uh, Bob, uh, if you're going to Thorpe today, uh, bring some cheese back for Jill and Kristen for next week. No, oh, it probably will happen. You never know. But uh, it's hard to leave Thorpe without some good Gouda cheese, that's for sure. Hey, you enjoy the day, and we'll talk to you in the morning. Thank you, Bob. You bet, also. There you go. Jerry Fitzgerald over at the Equity Stratford Sale Barn. And the market's brought to you by Synergy Co-op in Ridgeland. Uh, markets yesterday in the Board of Trade, a little higher following that USDA report. Didn't move a whole lot. And overnight, what happened? Well, March corn, one to two cents lower at 676. The oats down three to four at 382. And the wheat up a penny at 766. Soybeans up six to seven cents at 1526. A bushel. Soybean meal up 390 a ton at $485.80. At the country elevators today. Northside elevator, loyal location. Corn's at 626 with soybeans at 1461. At the Arcadia location, corn's at 639 with soybeans at 1463. Wheat and grain, Chippewa Falls location, corn's at 622 with soybeans at 1467. And the Connorsville location, corn's at 622 with beans at 1462. On the DTN screen, corn, golden plump, 637. Baldwin, 632, beans 1457. Duran, the corn 627, beans 1451. Mondovi and Elmwood both have corn at 632 with the beans at Mondovi 1456, Elmwood 1461. Fall Creek 618 and 1436. Osseo, the corn at 637, beans 1461. Elk Mound 628 and 1462. And Sparta, corn at 622, beans 1451. And Ellsworth 608 and 14. 1808 on the soybeans at the ethanol plants. Boyceville corn 642, Stanley 632, New Richmond 624. Barrel cheese down a cent and a half, a dollar fifty-seven yesterday. The blocks up three and three quarters, one eighty-seven and a quarter. Butter unchanged, two thirty-nine and a half. Class three for February up four at seventeen eighty-one. March up twenty-one at seventeen sixty-two. April up eighteen at eighteen oh one. May up sixteen at eighteen forty-five, and June up eighteen at eighteen eighty-eight. Prices higher out through next January. Again, if you're heading south this morning, be careful. You get down uh, oh past uh, the I ninety-four ninety interchange where they come together, starting to get some. Uh, precipitation down there and it uh, is going to be mixed throughout most of the travel down towards madison so just be careful otherwise just a cloudy day further north we're about uh, 36 for the high we're 24 right now you've been listening to the midwest farm report available at waxradio.com in its entirety every day brought to you in part by bluff country feed and seed and montovi and the chilson family of brand dealerships chippewa falls and kadah on-demand content at waxradio.com